There are a couple things that I really enjoy. One is post-apocalyptic settings. The other is big stompy mechs. So when you combine the two together and you put a really cool uh, story-driven RPG rule set, which I'm really, really uh, a big fan of together, it's no surprise that I am all excited about this RPG that we're going to be talking about today. And uh, it's called uh, Salvage Union. It is currently on Kickstarter. If you are interested in this, uh, feel free to check out the Kickstarter in the description below. And if you uh, would like to, you can even download the Quick Start uh, off of uh, Leland Press' uh, website and uh, give it a shot for yourself. But yeah, today we're going to be talking with Alad and Penny from Leyland Press about Salvage Union. Stick around. It's going to be awesome. Hey everyone, welcome to Victory Condition Gaming. My name is Doug. Today on the show we're talking about Salvage Union, which is currently on Kickstarter, so feel free to go check it out. All the links and everything is in the description below. If you're just joining us for the first time, uh, thank you so much. Uh, and if you, we do all sorts of tabletop content here on YouTube and Twitch and all the other social medias. Uh, if you would like, you can hit uh, subscribe down there on the bottom and be part of our community. And uh, yeah, we greatly appreciate it. And if you're a fan of uh, Salvage Union and you're backing on a Kickstarter, hit that like button down below and let us know in the comments if you're backing this uh, amazing product by uh, these two wonderful gentlemen here that are joining me today. And without further ado, let's bring them on. Alan and Penny, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, guys. Yeah, hey, no, thanks, thanks for having us. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, congratulations on the uh, Kickstarter success that uh, you're having right now. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, gosh, yeah, it's, no, it's um, yeah, it's been a little bit bigger than we thought it was going to be. Not going to lie, um, yeah, yeah wow. it's it's kind of gone um, it's gone a bit wild, really. Um, uh, which is great, obviously, like because it means that we can we've kind of been able to expand it out into what we wanted it to be, I guess, rather than um, you know, the more limited, I guess, version that um, we'd sort of started with, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. No, it's it's uh, it's a wonderful project, and and uh, when I, I downloaded the kick the quick start as soon as uh, I backed, and and I loved everything that I've seen so far. So I, I thought, hey, let's let's reach out to you both and and have you on the show to talk a little bit more about it. Uh, before we we dive into the Kickstarter, do you want to introduce yourselves and and tell folks a little bit about who you are, what you do with Leland Press, uh, and uh, what your role is with the uh, Salvage Union? Uh, Alan, I'll let you go first. Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, Salvage Union kind of, I guess, started um, uh, with with me. Um, we both had our own sort of um, games companies. We both met when we worked at Modifius, and um, then we set up our own companies. I started Anima Press, uh, Panny started uh, Manic Productions. And um, uh, yeah, we kind of realized that, you know, we actually had quite complementary skill sets, I guess. And um, so we joined up to, um, uh, yeah, make, make Leyline Press. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I released a game called Mutants, um, which was about cats with superpowers. Um, and uh, yeah, I was kind of working on Salvage Union in the background, but I just didn't really have like the marketing know-how to really make something happen. I, for Leyline Press, I'm sort of mostly responsible for like the art design production side of things. Um, so I guess I'm the visual guy, if that makes sense. Um, and uh, then, yeah, Penny um, uh, does basically everything else um so i'll let panny do his bit <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah um, i'm panny um yeah i'm uh one of the writers and designers of leyline press which is a well, company we've both co-founded i think alad's um told us uh, sort of the love story as it were 
um and done so quite well um but um yeah i'm a big time rpg player and like tabletop player i've been playing like i started playing warhammer when i was like nine and then moved on to DD as most people do and then um, expanded out into like indie um games like pbta is big influence and um these sort of old school DD games like basic and expert and that whole um uh, wonderful um uh, scene with all the sort of um uh, sort of weird old school DD modules like Stonehell and um, halls of the blood king and stuff like that which i really like and um yeah and then uh, yeah one thing led to another and uh, here i am and um we're uh, working on salvage union now which is um post-apocalyptic met game but i'm uh, yeah doing a lot of writing designing and play testing of uh, which is awesome and uh, the marketing too uh, yes, yeah. no, 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 not a significant <laughs> part of the overall effort. To be yeah, fair, it's um, not a core part. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is this is uh, so Quest hasn't been on the market that long. So this system's been a, it's it's a fairly new system for for folks that uh, that, that uh, are, are familiar with RPGs. Was this a, a game that you? had designed before this before the quest like was this an idea that you had before quest came out and you you've kind of you know used that that rule set or was this something that that once quest came out you're like oh you know what let's let's make a post-apocalyptic big stompy mech rpg based on this uh, based on the system so, yeah so i mean technically um actually i mean a lot <laughs> Salvage Union has kind of a long history. Panny wrote like a massive blog post about it. If, if you want to go read it, it's on our website. Sure. If you want the full detail, I'll, I'll do the I'll do the quick notes. Um, but um, yeah, basically, it kind of started um, because uh, my friend started playing Adeptus Titanicus, and I was too cheap to um, pay the, the the GW price for um, all the minis. So I was like, I'll make my own game, you know, uh, with blackjack, etc. Um, so um, uh, yeah, that's kind of where it starts out. It started out as a war game really um and then we sort of like ended up being sort of curved towards an rpg and um i read quest when it came out and i thought hey do you know what? actually this 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 could work in terms of how we might adapt it um and i sort of started that process but it it got basically caught up in development hell um and then when panny and i kind of joined forces and we started leyline press I was like, hey, look, dude, can you take a look at this and actually maybe see how you might better adapt it? Because I'd sort of taken like the core resolution from Quest, but not really much more like some of the sal uh, the systems modules that we'd sort of like, you know, pegged to other things. But it was it was really, really rough. Like it wasn't really working. And then, yeah, like I say, you know, I kind of passed it over to Panny and then he kind of dev it mostly from there. Um, so, yeah, um, that, that that was kind of the background. But um uh, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know, Panny, if you want to take over, because, yeah, I mean, you really kind of took it from that point, really, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, the the key thing we wanted to do was make a um, simple, easy to learn, easy to run um, mech game. Um, as Alan said, it sort of started with a like uh, a war game and the sort of a lore and the stuff, and um, it went through various design iterations, as things often do. Um, but um, when it came down to, yeah, me sort of taking it and seeing what we could do with it and we already had that like core resolution mechanic from um quest and um then we delved deeper into the system i had played a bit of quest um before when it came out it was quite popular um amongst them um, sort of uh, one of my rpg meetup groups that i run and um 
yeah, it turned out it was um, it was a really good um, core system to build a um, quite uh, simple and easy to run mech game out of um, because um, there's not a lot of those out, um, which is another thing we noticed. Like we we tend to like to make games that we'd want to play, and we both like mech games, and we both um, just don't have the capacity to like properly learn and um, play some of the other stuff out there. Like I mean, we both love BattleTech, for example, but it's like super crunchy and um, super hardcore. Um, it really is, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which is great and like. Like people who love that sort of stuff love that sort of stuff and we do as well in our own way but then we 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 when we run role-playing games we just want something like simple tell a story tell a narrative and yeah. you know blow, blow up parts of robots and while whilst you know, i think cackling maniacally in, in in a way it's like when we were talking in the 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 green room sorry uh you guys didn't get to see this but um uh, just before we started the show we were just talking about a campaign that i'm currently running the 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 reason I chose the the, the rule set for Binlands for that campaign was because of the fact that it met everybody's requirements. And I think that's kind of the problem sometimes. If you have a gaming group, it's often better to lean towards the simpler end of rule sets. Like, you know, you might have some friends that can handle the crunchy rule set, but maybe not everybody can. And But you want everybody to be able to sort of be a part of that game. So like having something that's a little bit lighter to manage is, you know, more um, welcoming, I guess, to a broader player base yeah because this is a, quest is a, is a d20 system but in, and if you know folks are regular viewers on, on the show they you, you pretty much know that i'm not a huge d20 rpg player um i think that sometimes it gets too swingy and and you know i, I think that uh, you know it just i don't know sometimes it doesn't fit uh the the setting and, and what you're trying to do accomplish with with the game but the quest system for this seems to really kind of just meld the two together and and uh do you want to tell a little bit about i mean for folks that that aren't familiar with this quest rpg do you do you want to tell a little bit about how the d20 system works and how it has a var variable outcomes and, and all that um yeah so um uh so I, I guess first, I, I think D20 system always gets conflated, obviously, with um, Wizards of the Coast D20 um, system. But really, it's quite a different beast to that. Um, you don't have modifiers. Um, you don't have, like, DC values um, you have to hit. Um, instead, pretty much everything that you want to do in the game, any action you take, whether it's um, shooting someone with your laser or trying to climb up a mountain or trying to persuade something or someone to let you trade some scrap with them or whatnot, um, is done by rolling a D20. 20 um and it's a flat um roll with um five outcomes there's a natural 20 which is like you nailed it you get some sort of bonus it's like a yes and so you do it and there's more good stuff um there's success which is 11 to 19 um which is um you, you do the thing well done um there's um a tough choice or sort of a thing with consequence which is a six to ten and that's importantly still a success but like um it it forces the player to make some sort of a difficult decision like um you know do a thing but take damage or whatnot and uh two to five is a failure with some sort of um consequence and um one is a critical failure with um a um some sort of more extreme um consequence is the broad gist um obviously it's quite flexible in that regard and what i find it really does is it um it propels play forward quite a lot because um you're only ever rolling when um, a situation is relevant um, you don't have a list of skills that are like okay i have to use my you know stealth skill to do this bit and my persuasion skill to do this bit instead you're just thinking about what you want to do in the game and then when the dice comes up um it's for like risky situations and you roll it and it immediately gives you a result of like how does this thing go i mean it sort of propels forward because it's always like a no and or a yes but or a yes and or like a yes and we keep going you know like so um yeah, that's yeah. What, there's, that's there's, the there's, there's really kind of a fail state in it, which is just kind of like, no, okay, you don't do it. 
and then that's right. it. It just stops play dead, right? And um, I think um, exactly. to, to, to address, I think probably, because um, we, we get this quite a lot actually, is um, because it is seen as a D20 system, even though secretly it's not secretly, it's actually just a bell curve system. Um, right. People often ask about sort of modifiers and how, well, okay, you've got all these different classes, but they don't have modifiers. And um, actually that's where the sort of um, skills and, um, or, you know, in, in quest abilities, and um, uh, in it for salvaging systems and modules kind of come in. They're, they're the things that differentiate our classes. So they're the things that you often actually don't even roll the dice. It's just a thing that you can do. And you spend your sort of meta currency, if you like, or your, your energy points or your ability points to just do the thing. And then that's that's what kind of differentiates you from another player. Because you can just do that and you just bypass the role entirely. Because actually, I think, you know, in, in a lot of these situations, if you're like, you know, if you're the engineer, you should just be able to do engineering stuff. Like, you know, why are we calling for roles for everything, right? Like, you know, maybe let's just move on and say, oh, yeah, no, okay, cool, you do the thing. And, um, uh, you know, it's only really when it's really challenging or like, you know, it's you know, in the middle of a firefight and you want to swap out, like, you know, a part on your mech or something something like then maybe you're rolling the dice you know yeah I, I, let me see there we go um yeah i i i love that and, and uh, i think that this is gonna gonna work really well the other thing that the, the quest has is or that uh, the salvage union has is it's almost got like two character sheets you've got your mech character sheet and you got your, your pilot uh, character sheet which i thought was really brilliant and i, I love how that works um was that was that a choice that you a design choice that you had made really early on that uh that those that those two things were going to be separate yeah um, i think that that was kind of necessary really because it's like you mean you do have your pilot and your mech right like you know um yeah sorry, um, i'm sorry yeah no we just we really wanted to make um pilots uh viable within um the game a lot of um a lot of mech games uh your pilot just uh can't really get out because they're going to be exploded by lasers <laughs> um, right, which right. does make sense um but also um you know in salvage union you're uh you're playing kind of scrappier mechs you're playing you know they're bolted together um they've got those lasers but things go wrong they might have weaker points and stuff like that and um and there's a bit of sort of you know fantasy narrative in that as well and we want pilots to be effective so you get your own sheet and your pilots are pretty good they're survivable um they do take more damage from mech weapons um and stuff like that but um they're powerful within the game they have uh, their own sets of abilities as well which complement their mechs and um are also pretty powerful by themselves um so yeah we wanted we wanted that interplay and two sheets lets you clearly see hey i've got two things to play with here and due to the like core the good thing again about quest is that the core system is so simple that you can add you know you can be like yeah you have two character sheets in this game which on paper is like really complicated right having two character sheets um <laughs> but in this game it just works really well and it's, it's not really been an issue because the core systems like are so um simple to learn and both the pilots and mech basically have identical um systems they just have their like their heat slash stress their health slash structure points and their energy points slash ability points and, and that's about it and obviously their weapons and bits and pieces but yeah um yeah. yeah, like both both pilots and mechs are kind of analogous, if if that makes sense. So it's kind of like the the while the character sheets are separate, they're also the same in terms of structure. So um, uh, as Penny was saying, with all of those stats are kind of like the same, but you know just different names. It's the same then with sort of um, your pilot's abilities and their equipment, and your mech systems and modules as well. So it's um, structurally the same um for when you're playing as your pilot or playing so you don't have to learn two different rule sets i guess that's the main thing no I, I love that i love that uh 
let's talk a little bit about the, a little bit about the setting because we kind of just do, do, dove in. And I didn't even like give you a chance to to kind of give the, the sales <laughs> pitch on on what the, what the setting is. But uh, you've got you've previewed some some really beautiful art. So let's while you're talking about the setting, I'll throw some some art that you have uh, that you've you've uh, yeah. put on the Kickstarter and just t- tell folks a little bit about uh, about the setting itself. So the um, the the setting is like I mean the art is kind of intrinsically tied with the setting because um, when I first started looking at salvage, um, I came across Hamish Freiter, who did this lovely piece of banner art that you see now, and um, uh, Hamish had like loads of pieces um, which actually is like you know some of the background art um, for some of the other bits. He had already done this. This wasn't stuff that we commissioned. We actually just licensed those pieces. And um, so like this piece, for example, like he'd already done that and it just fit perfectly into what my image of the sort of in my head, what the setting was going to be was. So we kind of just rolled with that, I guess. Um, uh, But yeah, the setting is kind of a slow apocalypse, essentially. So it's um, the idea being that it's not like any one particular thing that's gone wrong. It's um, a series of wars and takeovers and um, corporate greed um, that's kind of culminated in, you know, basically a massive um, sort of population of disenfranchised people. And um, uh, then the idea that some of these people then get together and sort of try and um, uh, survive then in that world and, um, uh, you know, yeah, um, form these salvage unions and um, uh, these crawlers that you can see um, on that piece there and um, scour the landscape looking for whatever they can find um, uh, to to survive, basically, um, and um, sort of try to thrive um, in, in this sort of, yeah, I suppose post-apocalyptic landscape but then remembering the fact that obviously there are these corporate arcologies and the high-tech stuff still exists within this world it's just that it's so restricted that it's not really a part of your day-to-day life or normal person's day-to-day life i guess um sorry panny um yeah if you want to um yeah i mean i think the, the big thing about the setting for me is so like um like allard and um, malcolm illridge um did a lot of like um the sort of core work of designing of the um setting and all that i just sort of came in um afterwards and um helped to develop um and i think what always struck me i mean obviously the post-apocalyptic setting and the robots are very cool um but it's uh we like it's really a kitchen sink setting in the sense that like we, we there's a lot of um, different elements there drawn from like um, science fiction, um, post-apocalyptic um, uh, stuff like, you know, Mad Max, Fallout um, and um, sort of the anime mecha stuff like we've got Bio Titans in it. So effectively Kaiju um, and um, and it's that mishmash of elements that really lets you sort of tell the stories that you want to within the world. Like um, uh, it, it's not necessarily all just going through the wastelands and picking up scrap. There's like um, these corporate mega cities from like you know 2000 ad judge dread style and you could you could do entire things just within them like um and explore like how those cities exist and they'd pretty much be similar to our cities in many ways um with their sort of power structures and hierarchies and things going on um obviously pe- people would have more robots um so yeah i think that's what i really like about it it, it really just lets you tell what stories you want to within it yeah we're we're kind of quite keen as well so like the modules that we have on the kickstarter we've tried to make sure that they're all like have their own flavors and um that they all have um i guess they're 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 telling different types of stories so like um uh you know diogo's um module that he's writing we were here first is um that that that's really that sort of classic salvager tale of like oh hey look you know here's like there's there's this thing that's landed uh this this meteor that's landed and like everyone's rushing to try and salvage what they can from it and you know um things ensue um as it were and um, that that's kind of that classic sort of like post-apocalyptic kind of 
Wastelander sort of salvage union kind of story. Um, and then uh, Luke Gearing, who's um, uh, our latest addition to the writing stable, um, is um, uh, writing uh, Rainmaker uh, for us, which is going to be like a really noir um, kind of like um, mystery setting almost. Um, so um, we're, we're sort of trying to pitch that as um, it's going to be more, I guess, kind of like that sort of... Um, in a way, actually, a lot, a lot of influence for me is like quite heavy. Was also Orbital Blues, um, uh, which sure. I love, and um, I really wanted to work a little bit of that in um, there because, um, uh, yeah, that sort of noir kind of like cowboy bebop kind of thing. Like you know, we wanted to have a bit of that mystery kind of thing. Um, we're actually we had one that was planned for us, which is False Flag, which is then sort of corporate espionage. Um, so it's like really getting that corpo um, kind of thing in there um and um yeah you know sort of uh dirty work and sort of we want to kind of like i mean we're not really subtle with our politics i guess as well it's like it's slapped over the label i guess and, um you know we want to we want to force some difficult decisions like into the role playing it's not just kind of slapdash oh hey cool let's just go like shoot up the town and take some loot you know it's um we kind of wanted to get a little bit of um sort of you know slightly more complicated i guess storytelling um in, sure. in there no, I, I when uh, I first looked at the uh, Kickstarter, when I saw that Diogo was was collaborating with you guys, I was really excited because uh, Diogo's a, 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 you know we're a fan of uh, Diogo, Diogo's work here on the show, so I was uh, really kind of uh, excited to see his name attached to this project as well, you know, on top of everything else. Uh, so, do you want to tell folks a little bit about how that collaboration started? Because uh, folks have probably seen Diogo on the show before, and I'm kind of curious uh, how, how you. Uh, how you were able to get these these great names to to work on this project with you because that's uh, let's get some 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 a list uh, talent for for this project. Um, yeah, I mean we um, we always like Diogo's work. I mean we recently got Halls of Blood King, um, yep. which was yeah, um, I was excited the, about that yeah, it's really cool. It's like a module he wrote for uh, Old School Essentials, uh, which is like for those who don't know, sort of dungeons, old school Dungeons and Dragons, basically from the eighties, but um, cleaned up rather a lot in terms of its layout. Um, and, um, and yeah, um, and then we, we set up Leyland Press and we started making small, like old school, um, essentials modules. We have a, uh, Patreon where we, um, send those out monthly and, but you can get them on our website. And, um, we've got a few like the Isle of Glasnow, which is like a hex crawl, um, like sort of classic D and D stuff basically. Um, and I think we noticed, yeah, he'd signed up to, um, he'd signed up to it and, and bought some of our stuff. Um, so we were posting him stuff and we were like, hang yeah, on, we, we did and we is didn't, that we didn't have many. We didn't have many at the time, like, and we saw the name, and we were like, "So there's a Diogo Nogueira from Brazil," and it's like, "Is that is that the mm, Diogo is that? or is that just <laughs> a Diogo from Brazil?" Yeah. And we were like, well, let's let, let's drop a message on like Twitter and just see. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. So yeah, you know um, that that's that's kind of that, how that happened, and then. Um, yeah, Luke, I worked with on um, a charity um, uh, book um, called oh, nice. Postcards from Cable Street, um, uh, which was a very British um, sort of like anti-fascist um, uh, collection, essentially, of um, sort of various adventures and um, supplements and stuff like that. So I did some artwork um, with uh, Jarrett Crader, um, who is incidentally editing the book for us as well. Um, oh, nice. So we okay. did um, we did a series of Troika classes. Um, that I did the art for, and um, so yeah, you know, it was um, it kind of came about because you know, if, you know, once you've been working in the industry, I guess you kind of like it's a small industry, so it's you know, you you tend to get to know people, I guess. Um, and then yeah, we were kind of just thinking, hey, who should we get to write these modules? And um, uh, so 
yeah, you know, I mean, you can't really go wrong with the last two gold any winning um, uh, nope. adventure module writers, right? <laughs> like, you know, um, it's a bit, kind of a no-brainer, um, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. No, it's great. Uh, it's great to see uh, so many folks that uh, you know uh, in in line lined up to to work f with this uh, with this project yeah. for you. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about what what the Kickstarter is funding. Uh, you're funding a uh, the development of the game itself and uh, and publication in production of of the, the books. Uh, not just one book, but there's a couple other the, the other uh, adventure books as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the main core book, uh, and that's actually something that. Uh, Hungry Ewok in the chat has uh, has mentioned that uh, the cover of the book yeah. reminds me of the uh, ch is that Chilton manuals? Is that how you uh, pronounce yeah, sorry, it? I'm, I'm just literally googling Chilton manual here because in the UK they're called Haynes manuals. Okay, uh, I've never heard. I'm I'm is is perhaps Chilton is like um, uh, uh, the the American branding for the same thing, um, but yeah, that that's very deliberate. Like um, uh, there was. I think that cover is one of the first things I did for the game was I was like, right, okay, yeah, you know, um, when um, we got Alex Conley on board to do the mech designs because he did some really nice, like, wireframey sort of, like, technical drawings. And um, as soon as I received the first one, I was kind of like, right, okay, yeah, no, layout-wise, like, that that actually just works perfectly, you know, because, like, Haynes manuals are mostly redundant now because of YouTube videos. Um, but, <laughs> right, um, right. yeah, uh, I mean, mostly. But at the same time, like, from, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s, so I, I remember, like, you know, everyone's dad had, like, a stack of these in the garage for every car that they'd ever owned, right? And um, it's it's really nostalgic for me. And I think for a lot of people, so to the point where they now do them for, like, you know, um, uh, like there's one for the Millennium Falcon and stuff like that, right? Like so they do sci-fi versions of these of these manuals, and um, I thought you know yeah just from um, uh, as a conceptual level like having a workshop manual rather than like you know player's guide or like you know um, uh, you know game book or whatever, uh, yeah the workshop manual just works for the for the theme, and um, so yeah that's where it came from. We actually kind of like um, yeah we we there's five books I think now that we have. Is there five books? Have. Oh yeah, because you get a special yeah, edition. Books, yeah. Uh, so we've got the special edition cover, yeah, which um, uh, is because I'm a sucker for cloth books. Um, so I love cloth-bound books with gold foil. So uh, we had to make one, you know, um, that, that was just mandatory. Um, although that's actually coming with a dust jacket now as well. So um, that comes technically with the uh, Haynes manual cover as well. And nice, then okay. there are the three modules, which will all be produced in hardback as well. Um, nice. So yeah, we've um, uh, we've really gone kind of balls to the wall on, on the production. Um, I think for, for, for me, like production is like quality and sort of look and feel is like my big thing. Because when I worked at Modifius, I was working in, uh, you know, their studio department, um, uh, you know, with, with production. And um, yeah, it's I, I like nice things, you know, things yep. that have a nice feel to them. You know, it's um, it's kind of the, that's why we printed those um, uh, quick start guides as well, because we, we just like having physical products, right, Penny? <laughs> We do, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, physical is where it's at. I think with tabletop, um, uh, it's in it's in the name. I mean, obviously, digital tools are incredibly useful, and a lot of the world is playing digitally um, at the moment for many reasons. Um, but um, I know nothing beats the feel of a good book or dice in your hand, right? So, um, and we, we want to emphasize yeah. that still as a company, which is uh, sort of reflective for all our stuff. I think, like um, from our 
you know, little OSR modules, which are um, like these very cute fold out um, Rhizo things to um, our, uh, our bigger projects like Salvage Union with its um, various covers. I think that that special edition is actually going to have a dust jacket of the Haynes manual cover as well now, which was requested by some um, uh, yeah. of the um, backers yeah. because they loved the, uh, that cover. Like, yeah, the it's, cover it's... so much. It was weird because I was really, really into the special edition and then everyone was kind of like, oh, no, you, you made a mistake because you made your special edition more expensive, but we prefer the cover of the core book. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, right. Uh, yeah. Oops. Um, we'll give it a dust jacket. It's fine. You can have both. Uh, so, you know, that, that's why you spend the extra. Right? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those games where I'll be honest with you, I backed it at the level where I get both versions because <laughs> right, I, yeah. if if folks, you know, if if you if you know me at all and and, and you've watched any of my other streams, I you know, if I really love your RPG, like I usually have three copies of it. I have you know my digital copy, which you know I just read about yeah. before I get the actual physical copy, you know, and and I get the like the regular edition. And if there's a special edition, usually I get that, but that one stays on the shelf and just that's, that that's, one never, that's, that's the pristine one that, yeah, yeah, that I show off to my friends and kind of gloat <laughs> that I have the, the really nice version and, you yeah, know. The, the, the coffee table edition, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So this yeah. is definitely one of those games that uh, I, I definitely was uh, going to try to get all three and, and luckily I, I, yeah. I backed. Well, that was another thing that, that I saw early on with this Kickstarter is uh, you, you listen to your community that uh, came around this game. And and I think when I originally pledged, there was only a handful of pledge levels. But now you've yeah. you've kind of opened it up and added a few more. So if folks want, you know, everything or if they want a little bit, you know, if they want to add, you know, this and that, they, they, they can kind of get it all in one shot. Or if they, you know, I, I thought that was really, really smart of you, got, you, you both to uh, to add those pledge levels. Yeah, I mean, we I think we um, kept the original campaign quite simple, quite purposefully, and then um, um, expanded it out as we go based on a mixture of our plans and also, yeah, customer feedback, which is really important. Like, um, I think a big part of the game is really engagement in the community. That's why we have a Discord where we're playtesting loads of games and listening to people. And, um, and yeah, no, I think that's a really important part of it as well. Yeah, Absolutely. I think um, it was one of those things when we first launched as well. I mean, you know... Um, we're, we're, we're kind of quite open about this is you know we we weren't sure how big it was going to be it was our first big kickstarter you know so i think going in and sort of saying hey we're going to do all this stuff is just not really like realistic so we kind of wanted to keep it simple to begin with and then you know when we saw that hey look you know this is actually getting pretty popular we can now sort of like achieve those kind of higher goals that you know um you know the the extra stuff the extra modules the extra um you know uh, additions and the all-in pledges and stuff and then it's like you know yeah you just have, kind of have to adapt to it i guess right uh, yeah i mean i yeah. still remember being in the pub with you after just before we went <laughs> and being like yeah, oh yeah. no what if this all goes just flops into yeah. what 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 if we sort of only fund to kind of nine thousand pounds and then like it's like well okay i guess penny we're just working all next year to finish this book and we're not gonna get paid for it we would have dutifully done but yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's nice know, to be we, able we to add all it. the other bits and pieces absolutely it would have it would have paid i mean I mean, like, I guess now we just get lots more art, we get lots more writing, we get lots more stuff, and you know, also we can pay rent. So you know, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> so the <laughs> secret, the secret stretch goal. The, 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 the secret <laughs> stretch goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, nice. yeah. Every every five thousand we do is like you know yeah, that's, <laughs> another month. That's a month's rent for me and Penny. Um, oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, don't tell them about the secret stretch goals. <laughs> <laughs> the secret stretch goals is we buy, you know, more art from different people, yeah, and the book art. just looks marginally better yeah. with every every thousand. Yeah, that's um, that's the thing that I mean, the, does, the, yeah. the the quick start is beautiful. Like it's it's a great uh, you know it's probably one of the best quick starts that I've seen you know put out by you know just by and and to think that you had that ready from you know out of the gate for for kickstarter backers is just amazing um so yeah and that looks beautiful too yeah i mean yeah i mean, I mean that's, that's why that... it was sorry no go ahead oh, oh yeah, yeah i mean that's why it was like um like a bit of a worry in a way because we yeah when we put a lot of effort into it like um to get to get that stuff out yeah. and get it out in the quality it was and um i think we're really proud of that um and it and it works really well i mean it, we all worried it'd be a bit too good without you know stroking our own horns um because it is yeah, yeah. it's self-contained and it's got it's got pretty much everything you need to play in it so yeah. um other than the mech creation um which we are going to add to the core game which i think is going to be the big thing and the campaign mode and all the other bits and pieces but yeah yeah there's, there's there's a lot to be added but it's one of those kind of like it's that difficult thing is like how do you release a quick start without putting everything in it like how right you know because right. it's, it's got to be playable right like you know so it's um and the the only thing that's not really in there i guess is like character and mech creation and everything else is just like more so it's like more systems more modules more npcs more you know yeah um so um but yeah you know we we kind of because we've been working on it for like it's, it was been in production in one way or another for like a couple of years um nice. and so you know it's um yeah we'd obviously commissioned a fair bit of art and so yeah we kind of it was funny actually because even though we kind of felt like we'd commissioned like a lot of art to get it done and then even then when i was getting around to doing the layout i was like i need at least 10 more pieces of art to make <laughs> this work and also like it should be at 50 longer like just in terms of giving the layout room to breathe and stuff like that and i was like we can't print a quick start that's 150 <laughs> pages long because then it needs to be hardback and then it's like, right. no, that's not a quick start that's a product like what the hell you know right. the, the, the quick start was meant to be 48 pages and then it ended up being like 90 <laughs> and it's like 88 pages i think in the end and it's like yeah okay so we just kind of doubled the size of the quick start and it was but i i get it's one of those things like you know it's we're very much i guess firm believers like though if you're gonna do it do it right you know don't right. don't don't sort of put something out half-heartedly or like what have you because otherwise um yeah i mean it's, it's not going to get the response that you want i guess so it's it's ultimate it's a you know effort and futility isn't it um, well, that was one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I backed this, I think, within the first day or two of, of the Kickstarter launching. And I was like, OK, this is pretty cool. You know, but I, at the time it was really I was really busy. I was still I was teaching and school was still going on. And, and I'm like, oh, I'll go back to it. I'll download the quick start when I when I get a chance. And then I think you guys you think, Alan, you, you were at uh, Dragon Meet and yeah. one of our community members or a couple of them picked up the quick start from from being at Dragon Meet from you. And they messaged right, me and they're yeah. like, hey, Doug, did have you seen this? I said, yeah, I backed it on Kickstarter, you know, like, and they literally, they're like, no, 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 you need to see this. And they sent me video <laughs> yeah. of them like flipping through the quick start. I'm like, okay, now you got my attention. Yeah. Let's take you, a look you, at this you, Kickstarter. You had my attention. Now you have my interest. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. no, it's, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite important to me personally, like to, to have a nicely produced quick start and, I think it's one of those things, you know, it just, um, you, you want to put your best foot forward. So, you know, for, for the cost of doing it and sort of, you know, having some promo copies, I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's well worth it. Um, uh, interestingly, actually, one, one of the comments we got that um, I thought was quite, because obviously it's quite pre-distressed 
the the quick start and uh, right. people were kind of like oh yeah no i like this because it feels like i don't have to baby it like you know because it already <laughs> looks wrecked so you know i can actually i can play with this like you know i don't okay, feel like yeah. it needs to live on the shelf you know um so uh, yeah no i kind of quite like that but um, Yes. I, I very much appreciate it. Um, well, from oh god, if you've if you've ever uh, seen Panny's like actually used games books, um, <laughs> are, are they pretty destroyed? To... They're pretty rough. Yeah, <laughs> some of them. yeah. I, I believe I did some surgery on your old school's essentials book. Uh, yeah. Oh no, yeah. there's wow. there's about half a roll of electrical tape holding that one together. Oh my word. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think a quick start is kind of it, it was kind of essential in a lot of ways because. Um, right. Uh, you know, we, we're a relatively new company. It's a um, brand new IP. Um, and yeah. um, it's always good enough being like, hey, we've got a really cool idea. Here's some cool art and stuff. But if you can just give someone like a book and be like, no, this is the game. Play it. See what you think. And there'll be more if you back it. I think that's just such a good hook. Like it, it just speaks for itself. Um, yeah. saves, saves me a lot, of, a lot of marketing effort in the long term, really. I think that's, <laughs> that's really so I, it's just a, wait, it's a time I, saving. I, I, Am I secretly the marketing department? Uh, every, every, I, think, I think that's what Penny's saying. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what he's saying. Secretly yeah. marketing. Yeah. yeah. So the size of this book is is what is it like A four A five? I forget what what uh, size is A five. So yeah, A five. Yeah. In in freedom units, I believe that's half letter. Um, is is that right? Okay. Um, give or take. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um, uh so yeah, one fifty mil, which is like yeah, six inches by seven inches ish. Nice. I okay, I like that size. Yeah. It's it's a great it's a great size to kind of just keep Six. keep in your backpack or yeah. in in your uh, whatever your duffel when yeah. when, when you go into conventions or the shop or whatever. Um, I think I think for us, it's um, I personally I hate A4 books like yep. because they're too unwieldy. Like you know, if you're like there and you're at a table, or you're carrying it or whatever. Like an A5 book is is a reference book. So if you've got a reference book, it should be yeah smaller. So. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and the core book, of course, will be A five, A five hardback, but A five um, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, for all those, uh, for all those reasons, yeah, we we just find that format really, uh, really handy. It's very practical at the table, it. and yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. So we talked a little bit about uh, how folks are, 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 you know, playing more digitally in these last few years, and, and of course, this has been a topic that we've talked about on the show uh, a few times. Um, have you have you considered uh, any kind of uh, virtual tabletop support for for Salvage Union now that uh, you know that, that you've seen that there's a community behind it? Um, so, uh, I mean, interestingly, I think the game in one of its, in its initial sort of RPG form was actually made, um, to be played, um, digitally, um, like okay. you, you the, yeah. um, I mean, Alad like, um, made a rule set, which was like, you had to speak in radio parlance. So you yeah, that, that was, that your... was one of the original mandatory rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you have to do everything with like, uh, yeah, you, you have to start every phrase with, Shh. Um, that, that I love it. Standard. I love it. Yeah, um, because like when we were playtesting it, it was just like basically everyone's just talking as a like that as if they're a Texan trucker, and so it was just like turn for a good buddy, and then just, like, <laughs> everything came from that. And um, uh, yeah, obviously we kind of like dropped that to try and make it a bit more, you know. Um, marketable <laughs> but yeah sorry <laughs> um no no um but yeah um but yeah the long and short of it is um yes we're going to be looking into all those options um lloyd one of our playtests has already um set up some sort of basic stuff on roll um 20 when he's been um, playtesting um i've been keeping things simpler myself um it's quite a simple game so um any sort of vtt stuff would be fairly light there's no grid maps there's no like tokens you really need um it would mostly be tracking stuff and, and showing some gorgeous art and maps and stuff like that occasionally um but yeah um we're, we're looking into it um for 
all the yes. various options, but can't really. It, it's going to be one of those things yeah. that we um, uh, we develop as we go. I think. Um, I think. Yeah. I think being being a sort of narrative based game for the most part, it's um, if if we do do anything, it's going to be relatively light because it it just doesn't really need it, and it's it's explicitly designed like that as well because um, you know even from the earliest stages, I tend to run my games just like over Google Meets or like Discord or yep. what have you, and um, it's very much theater of the mind and that. The, the rule set is designed to support that type of gameplay as opposed to sort of yeah grid-based combat gameplay which is um because i mean you know like there there, there is a great modern lasers met game out there called lancer which um you know if um if if that's what you know sorry yeah i shouldn't be marking you said the L word. I know. <laughs> I said the L word. um yeah, I, I I know I shouldn't, but you know, Lancer I really love, but I've never been able to bring it to the table, which is why right. obviously Salvage Union exists. But um uh you know, yeah, it's it's one of those things I think that um yeah. Um for for those that need it, we're we're looking into it. But yeah, generally I think it's not as required as people might think. Um, no, I, I think, I think so those, too. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, some people just like to have you know some 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 basic tool sets on on some sort of the you know on, on a, a tabletop. A Panny's far something. more qualified to talk about. That um, than yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big virtual tabletop user to be honest yeah. with you, but I know that that's a, a you know a, yeah. over these. If we've seen anything over these last couple of years, that that segment of the hobby's kind of you know gone up yeah, quite a bit. Fun. So I know that yeah. there there are probably folks that are wondering if if you know there is going to be some sort of official you know. Uh, you know, module or, or, or whatnot, if you're thinking of, about doing that. I know it's, you, you know, you haven't even got the books published yet or, you know, so it's it's still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but, uh, you know, I'm sure folks are kind of curious um, if, if that's even in the back of your mind at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something we're thinking about. And um, though we can't obviously promise anything yet, um, I imagine there will be at least light support, as Alan said, so things sure. like character sheets um, yeah. and um, tools like that. And whether we import all the various modules and assets and stuff um, is a bit of a different ball game. But yeah, we, yeah, we're looking into it and we're constantly taking feedback and listening to folks. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that yes. gets yeah, us. I think it's... I think you kind of have to do that, though, you know, if you're, if you're trying to build a community around a game, right? And, um, you know, you're trying to, like, you know, be, be a company like you kind of have to listen to your customers right like you, know, sure. you can't just yeah no we're just going to do this and you know buy it, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, yeah um sadly so you have you have an ex expected uh, delivery date of or, or expected delivery of, of what december of next year so a year from now i think that's what is that what the kickstarter i, I forgot i forgot to write this down but yeah it looks like uh, december of 2022 yep. um how how far along are you in the development of this of this game? Do you, do you have a whole lot more to, to write? I know some of the Kickstarter stretch goals have, have added a little more content to, or actually quite a bit of content to to the uh, the game itself and in, in, in the core rulebook. Um, and then, of course, like I said, we've also you've also unlocked some of the the the, uh, the, the adventure books. Uh, do you see you know since you've added more content, unlocked more content? Uh, do you see that delaying this uh, expected delivery at all, or, or what? Uh, you know, I, of course, you know, with the worldwide shipping the way it is at the moment, you know, you can't guarantee anything at this point. But you know, do you uh, since since you've seen such a huge success, have have you? Do you think that's going to impact your expected delivery at, at this point? Um, I mean. I from, I, I sorry, can... yeah. From from a writing standpoint, I'll let Panny deal with it, and then I'll sure, production. Sure, sure. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say exactly that. Um, from sort of a writing and development point, um, not um, not particularly. No, there shouldn't really be okay. any issues. Um, as I as I sort of hinted earlier, the core of the game is all in the quick start. Um, and but even those other elements we're going to add can. I mean, if you're um, if you're vaguely savvy with how RPGs work, you can um, you can backwards. What, what's, yeah. 
what's that hack? That's reverse engineer. For it. Reverse engineer it, yeah. You can reverse engineer it to see how it works fairly easily. So we're going to be adding more stuff. So um, a lot of that has been developed. Like there was stuff um, we to, to not make the quick start, you know, 200 pages. Um, there was lots of stuff we actually cut from the quick start, but we um, like additional systems and modules and stuff and chassis and stuff that we've all got in development. There's um, lots of art sitting in the back pocket as well and stuff like that um so from that perspective no um there shouldn't be any issues um uh, if all goes well um we've got a few extra modules of course but um we're uh, we're only we're writing one of them um as a um, as a company and then um, obviously we've got other writers um supporting in on that so um and they're a very good trustworthy folk um who are professionals in the industry so yeah um so no i'm, I'm pretty confident generally speaking um productions are another thing and it's a tur turbulent world at the moment as it were so um hopefully yeah, right. Fingers crossed. Um, that is our goal, and we're we're on track for it at the moment. But obviously, we'll, we'll keep sure. telling people as we go. But yeah, Alan, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no. So, like you say, from a writing perspective, I guess the the other thing to sort of bear in mind is that um, this is both of our full time jobs. So it's not like we have other commitments. You know, Salvage Union is basically what we are now doing for the next year. Nice. So. Okay. Um, so you know, we 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 have I guess the time to to, to sink into it. But uh, from a production standpoint, um, yeah, I mean, we're relatively confident. Um, uh, we've found um, through the campaign obviously um, that mostly what I've been doing is um, having meetings and speaking to people because uh, obviously now we've got um, uh, so I mean it's a slightly I guess you can have this exclusive uh, Penny don't um, uh, hate me uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, we, we have a new distribution partner so uh, we are we are going to be um, uh, announcing that I think in the in the next day or two once I get the graphics oh, nice. together for the thing so ShipQuest uh, or GamesQuest uh, the ShipQuest their subsidiary for Kickstarter fulfillment are going to be doing all our fulfillment for us um and uh, we have a new printing partner as well uh, based in the eu so um uh uh yeah that's that's all going sort of like you Excellent. know we're kind of scaling up all of that um so provided um obviously um all the writing and art comes in on time uh, then you know and production being in the eu is is great because obviously like shipping times are going to be easier than shipping times if we were getting it printed in china for example so sure um uh yeah so it's mostly going to be um yeah sh shipping and distribution but um uh you know we're expecting to kind of um uh, lock writing sort of sometime um uh late summer um next year and then um we've got um a month or two for production and then uh, a month or two for uh shipping and delivery to various warehouses and then obviously it'll get shipped from local delivery hubs um to uh, everyone who's back, so uh, awesome. uh, yeah, we, we've got we've got some big professional partners involved now. So hopefully that will take some of the load off. It's not going to be, um, you know, as some of our previous games have been, sort of you know stuffing things in envelopes in our bedrooms. Um, so you uh -huh. know, yeah, we, 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 we've upscaled. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. Um, that, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're relatively confident we can deliver on time. And if there are going to be delays, they, they'll be limited. It's not going to be, um, you know, um, sort of tales from the far west or um you know uh similar similar sort of you know projects that have been plagued by you know development health sure. as it were yeah uh well we're, we're kind of running out of time but let's uh walter w has a question this is uh he says uh will there be paintable miniatures i know one of the stretch goals was an stl file yeah. for uh, you could print off a, 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 one of the mech miniatures is that uh, anything that you're you're thinking about uh yeah, so we we have um, we have an STL which is printable, um, and um, uh, that one obviously is available. Um, we won't be doing resin casting, um, or we won't we won't be doing physical miniatures at this time. Um, it's uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it's something we looked into because we're both miniature nerds and we were kind of like, wouldn't it be awesome if we had like a full set? And um, uh, yeah, just looking at it, the, the cost was just 
prohibitive and uh, you know it's one of those things as well like you know we, we're just talking about production and it's like oh, okay yeah let's just introduce a whole extra level of complexity onto this yeah and um yeah you know it was just um it was just unfeasible but because we had the the stl of the magpie we were kind of like right okay well shortly you know let's release it and then um you know uh, some enterprising folk um, uh, can certainly print them out and um, paint them. I think Alex, who actually did all of our, has actually already printed out uh, Magpie and painted it. Um, he actually cool. did it last year before we even like announced um, because he was just like super excited about it. And I think one of our backers is actually um, didn't because the STL's not out yet. He actually um, looked at the STL image we did remodeled did the whole thing he remodeled the whole oh thing God. in like blender i think and then printed his own model of it off so um that one definitely exists like i'm not sure does that count as a pirate copy um, i mean i think so i think that's yeah, kind right. of yeah, the, no, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we'll be in but, touch yeah yeah <laughs> but fortunately yeah uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, no, our, our it's legal great team you're... sadly is two cats in a trench coat, so um, uh, <laughs> we're probably safe uh, um, on an IP infringement level. But yeah, but th that's um, great that your your community is already like that, like excited about this IP. That, that that's that's something that they actually s sought out and did. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, um, and actually, it was. It's a it's a really good model as well. <laughs> like if if you come and join the Discord, it's it's in the Discord um, if you want to see it. But um, uh, yeah, it's it's. It's actually really high quality. The only reason I realized that it wasn't like that he'd somehow managed to hack Alex's computer and get the actual STL <laughs> um, was that um, Alex's STL's the updated version of the Magpie rather than the cover version, which has the um, the anti-mech guided missile on it. And he obviously modeled it from that, which was it was wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, we, you know, we, we know our limitations and we know our strengths. And I think sure. our strengths are making um, very cool looking and fun to play um, RPG books and modules and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And um, at the moment, um, though we do have some experience, um, Alad in particular, well, Alad has in particular experience on production. And yeah, ventures. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, what a good way to um, earn 250,000 um, with a miniatures game is to start with a million, I think. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah no, very no, much. Yeah, uh, yeah so yeah. it's uh, it's something we always want to be careful about. We don't we want to you know under promise and over deliver sure, <laughs> rather sure. than the yeah. opposite. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, um, but miniatures are cool, and we'd we'd love to be able to do it if we could. Um, is, it looks like there's a question, that, and this kind of goes along with the the, uh, the, mm -hmm. the miniatures question. That uh, I'm sure the primary focus will be delivering this project before anything else. But is there an interest in developing uh, Salvage Union beyond the current project? Is there anything else that you like? If you if this just like if you had the hugest budget in the world and you had like millions of dollars, is there anything that you'd like to uh, develop salvage union in? Like, is there something that you would like to take that IP and, and make, uh, make with it? Well, if there's a Netflix studio executive, listening, <laughs> there you go. Means give me, give me a call, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we, we, we have a lot of things uh, in the pipeline, I think um, nice. in terms of uh, particularly building some, you know, we, we want to build a community around the game and then, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, sorry, I, I don't want to speak out of turn. Penny's Penny's marketing guy, and I've been told off. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm not told, uh, telling you so far. Our most exciting exclusive reveal in this stream has been shipping, so I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure where it is. You're gonna get it shipped, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, oh, so we are, um, yeah, I mean, I guess you heard it here first. Um, yeah, we are thinking of um, expansion products and stuff like that. Nice. Um, if all goes um, well, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but um, we're thinking of doing effectively an expansion book um, in a year or two or after, after we deliver, um, which will focus more on the corpo um, side of things and um, expand out that sort of um, lore nice. and those mechs and stuff like that. Um, we can't say too much, obviously, and it is just a, sure, sure. more of a fancy dream, um, just something we've got planned. But um, yeah, so there's um, there are there are plans, uh, miniatures. Maybe one that who knows? Um, like it is something we could do if we were able to scale up and get the funding and stuff like that. Um, we, but I think we yeah. want to salvage it. I don't know. Like Savage isn't exactly a miniatures game, but um, some miniatures to go. With I know. It, I've, I've, I've cool. got some. I've got some old rules from the early versions. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, already written, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we, oh my! It writes itself. We we call it Salvage Quest. <laughs> right. and it's a it's yeah. a hero quest game right? oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, i love it yeah. like... how, how do you do sort of like mechs as pvc minis though that's that's the like from a production aspect that sure be, yeah yeah how yeah. do you change the weapons you know everything would have to be magnetized um yeah, I know my, my production brain's already <laughs> the possibility. I, so, yeah. I, I think that's the one thing that, that when you, when you build a community, especially around a product, they, they 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 want to, you know, no one likes to have something that's just a one-off product where it's just like, okay, this is yep. it. We've built a community, and then okay, the, the, now we're moving on to to something else. You know, I think that they, you know, a lot of folks really like to know that there are, per, you know, that there are. You know, this isn't just something that you're going to give attention to for like a year to get it out and then abandon it. And and, and uh, yeah. You know, I mean, from uh, a business perspective, I think that's actually just like a, a bad thing as well. I mean, if you make a successful right. IP, right, like, you know, you want to keep supporting that IP, you know, and um, uh, for me, actually, one of the like, you know, the potential for a second book that focuses more on the corpo thing is really cool. Like, you know, we're yep. really kind of excited with that. But I'm also kind of excited to like write and um, release modules for it as well, just because um, I think like, you know, modules are the lifeblood of a system, right? Like, you mm -hmm. know, if um, if you've got sort of like consistent, good quality stuff going out in, in that regard, um, whether it's digital or physical, it's just kind of like the the, the key thing. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, telling those stories like, you know, within that in universe and, you know, um expanding out the game perhaps through that as well like um in false flag for example where we're including a, a number of sort of corpo chassis and extra systems and modules within that so it's not just you know um uh it's not just a story book it actually contains additional gameable content as well i suppose um so you know that that's kind of um a, a part to uh you know um a, a way to expand it without necessarily investing in like hey look let's do a full kickstarter for like you know a whole new book you know um uh, which we will probably do and thank you hungry work um, yeah hungry yeah, Ewok just says uh, just backed at the uh, 28 pound level uh my my first thing i've ever backed can't wait to get my hands on this well hungry Ewok, i mean this is just your first thing get ready it's yeah. it's gonna be backing uh, all sorts is, of things from here on out this is where it starts right we're glad that Sav salvage union is the one that, that gets you into that kickstarter train oh, hungry no. Ewok, okay, i'm okay. so sorry, I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> please just yeah no, stop. you can still stop you can we we have meetings once a month you know we all kind of talk to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what, did, what did you back this this week oh you know oh god too many too many things. yeah, yeah. Mm. no it's it's great uh, thank you hungry and uh, yeah hungry's a great uh uh a, a regular in, in our community so I'm, I'm glad that uh 
that uh, he thought that this was a, a really exciting product like I am because I, I think this is just uh, it, it, it just has so much of the things that I love about uh, about RPGs and about uh, you know mechs and, and post-apocalyptic it's just it just was so super 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 excited as soon as uh, uh, as soon as I saw it. Uh, Idaho actually says just back looks great and scratches a lot of itches. Exactly, exactly. Thanks, dude. exactly. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it as well. Yeah. Uh, I know I told you that I, uh, we wouldn't go over an hour, so we're, we're coming up on that time. Uh, so I, I it went by super super fast, and and I, I can't thank you enough for giving me part of your day to to talk about Salvage Union. Uh, Penny, we're going to have you on the show in a couple of days, and, and you're going to run a session uh, from the Quick Start uh, for, oh, yeah. for our crew. So we're, yeah. we're very excited about that. So th thank you for uh, for making time for us for that. Is there anything else you'd like to tell folks that are watching this uh, before uh, before we sign off? Um, I mean, we've got five uh, days-ish to go on the campaign. Um, back it, go to uh, Kickstarter, search Salvage Union, and um, throw in your support. Um, also joining us, join us on our Discord. We're running playtest games, um, and we're supporting that all through the year. We're not just doing it um, through the Kickstarter campaign. I'm going to be running um, and testing the campaign mode of the game, which is going to be in the main book, and you're going to explore the wastelands and get lots of cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, going to be running playtests of that. And, uh, so, yeah, join the Discord, play some games. And, um, and thank you all so much everyone who has supported so far it's been amazing and um it really does mean a lot to both of us yeah and um also feel free to follow us on all our social media share mm. share the news um we have a few stretch goals still to unlock um one that i'm particularly excited about is if we reach a hundred thousand pounds um then i get to commission a 60 minute soundtrack uh for the game um uh by greg illich who also did the uh, soundtrack for the video uh the the promo video in the Kickstarter, um, and um, I think that's going to be like uh, for for me actually that that's something that I'm really excited about. Just if we can like get the money together to do that, um, because I think like that sort of background music just really sort of like sets the scene really nicely, you know. And sort of having that, um, you know, sort of um, atmospheric and sort of battle music and stuff like that. So um, uh, yeah, spread the word and um, uh, let's see if we can get enough people um, to to get that unlocked. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, folks, that's going to do it for uh, for this session. I'll, I'll remind you again, if you're a fan of uh, Salvage Union and, and uh, this session, feel free to hit that like button down below, and, and uh, that helps us uh, helps the session get noticed a little bit more on social media and, and in the YouTube analytics and all that jazz. Uh, if you are... Uh, listening to the audio podcast of, of this show. Thank you so much. Uh, go check it out on, on Kickstarter and uh, download the Quick Start. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. It's it's quite uh, quite an awesome product uh, that they're giving away, even just for free. And it's uh, You can just tell that there's a lot of work, love and, and work that's been put into that. So, All right, that's going to do it. Thank you so much. Remember, winning shouldn't be the only victory condition when you get to the table. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye, Bye. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash victoryconditiongaming. We have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much.